0: Hi, everyone, and welcome back to the Soldiers of Cinema podcast. I'm Colin McFader and joined once again by Clark Coffee. And today we're talking about Lesson Eight in the Werner Herzog Masterclass. Um, this one's all about leading the platoon, and uh, you know, leading, uh, being a leader on set as a director. Um, or even, you know, as a producer, this is kind of uh, universal, um, kind of instruction for what you can do on, on a, uh, film set to make things run more smoothly. Um, yeah. and just to jump right into it, really, I, I think that Clark, you and I kind of have, um, I think you would agree with me when I say this, that, that a really great, or something that would put you to an advantage on a film set is to learn really every facet of what goes on. And you and I both, you know, absolutely experience acting. Right. And I think extremely helpful. Yeah. Just on a specific level there, like, um, one of the biggest pieces of advice I can give to anybody who wants to direct is take a few acting classes. Well, um, yeah, learn how to communicate those things so much better.
1: Yeah, absolutely. I think that's great advice. And, you know, uh, Herzog does, you know, uh, mentioned in this lesson, the importance of understanding, uh, at least a little bit. Uh, I don't think you're, you're working to be an expert in every single aspect of filmmaking. Mm-hmm. I don't know that that's practical, but certainly having a working knowledge of yeah. every aspect of filmmaking. And so, you know, getting a chance to, you know, operate in your own camera, lighting your own, you know, at some point, at some point in your learning process. And certainly, uh, working with actors is, I mean that is such a vital area, and it's one I spe- you know I see especially in directors just starting out that it's likely that that's one of the more challenging areas for uh, newer directors. But but frankly, I I hear stories even from well established directors with quite a bit, a bit of experience that uh, it challenges at all levels. And absolutely, um, studying acting for a period of time, uh, working in a room with actors in a class, I I would say you know, six months or so, I would give it actually a decent amount of time. Yeah. Um, that's it, not going to turn you into a great actor studying it for only that period of time. But what it will do is certainly open up your mind and, and your heart to what the actor's process is, what they go through, because uh, it's a hell of a challenging uh, job on set. So and absolutely. It'll, it'll just
0: arm you with the knowledge to be able to communicate effectively with them too. I no that question. A huge part yeah. of it. I've, I've had experiences on sets where the directors clearly don't have that oh god me that too. <laughs> knowledge and it's, and it's like oh it's horrible you know and i luckily i mean those some instances i have been acting but some instances i've been doing um whether that's dp work or just camera work or whatever yeah um and it's just one of those things where it's you're kind of standing there like no no, no just <laughs> just talk to them don't you know people right. just don't know how to and not to, to be very frank and and not to you know put anyone down but people sometimes just don't know how to 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 direct actors in that way or in an efficient way
1: well it's not automatic Um, yeah I mean it's none of us none of us are born you know uh, with this innate knowledge and so yeah it's I think uh, and we're going to touch on quite a bit more of this but yeah I mean being the director on set requires a tremendous amount from someone Mm -hmm. Uh, and part of that is that you know uh, you're going to have to know a little bit about every single position and um, yeah and I think you know acting is such a delicate Um, art, frankly. And, you know, one of the director's biggest uh, challenges um, is to create a conducive environment for actors to really be able to do their work and do it well. Mm -hmm. And um, absolutely, you know, understanding what that's like to be on that side of the fence uh, will not only help you communicate better with them, and every actor is going to have a slightly different way of, of needing to be communicated with them and you're going to see that, you know, if you study acting for a while. Um, but uh, but creating a set that's conducive for good performance is is just a, it's a it's obviously one of the vital aspects of directing. Um, so I couldn't agree more. But I you know I would extend that even further. You know it's. Uh, edit some of your own work. And, and yeah, most of us yeah. now in this day and age, I mean, that's one of the great things about where we're all at with the technology of filmmaking is that you're likely, not only are you going to get a chance to do this stuff, but you're probably going to have to do some of this yes. stuff on you know all yeah, these yeah. things on your first few films, right? Um, I never set out wanting to be an editor, but hey, who was going to edit those first half a dozen short films that I did? You know, mm. uh, it's going to be me. <laughs> but, but it really did uh, teach me a lot. Uh, I mean I always I,
0: I talk all all the time about it with my students and I say like you should not only is learning to edit good for, you know, being able to edit your own shorts and things like that but it's also super important to learn how to think like an editor when you're direct yes. and to kind of yes. be on set and go, Oh, you know what? We need to pick up an insert of uh, a, yeah. you know, a hand on that doorknob over there because that shot's not going to cut with that shot and yeah. kind of just being able to have those moments on set and to be able to, you know, work around that and kind of think about this master playlist of like shot to shot, what is going on? And I, it's actually kind of funny because I know that a producer will often say that, you know, what I want to do is make sure that the director doesn't have to think about seven scenes down the line or six scenes down the line. I want to make sure that their job is as simple as possible so they can think about mm. the scene that they're on. And that's mm. great. And that's, you know, that's that's hugely advantageous for any director. But at the same time, that's more logistical stuff. Whereas as a director, you should be thinking about the whole movie creatively. Absolutely. Absolutely. You should constantly have what the last scene, what the last shot, what the last 10 minutes of the movie were um prior to this moment especially you know as most movies are not shot consecutively um, right you've got to really get a grasp of of that kind of idea of like what's coming before this and what's coming after this um well you and know, there's I'll, the joke sorry go ahead oh yeah no no no. please go ahead. hey you're telling a joke man i want to hear this <laughs> it's not a very funny joke but it's, oh. a, it's a it's like an old the not old either but uh there's the there's the old kind of of thing that a bunch of people who have worked with james cameron always say that mm. he can do any job on the set better than the people that are doing them and whether uh, or not that's actually true is you know <laughs> right, who knows. Right, but i right. think that the the message there is is clear that you know again like you said as a director you should have a knowledge of what every department is doing, not an expertise, because as you said, I don't think. But that's a, a working knowledge. But, but yeah, yeah, exactly. You should well, be able I... to go to the lighting crew and, and have a conversation with them about what's going on, costumes, and just yeah. you know be aware of everything going on in the set. And,
1: and I want to just say too, you, is I think editing isn't you know they're all they're all of course vital, um, but editing is so fundamental. I mean, editing mm-hmm. is what makes film film. Yeah. yeah. And uh, you know, I just want to add a little bit more to what you said was that you know it's not only about being able to think in, you know, what's come before and what's come after, but it's, you can really tell, you know, when you've spent time editing, uh, you start to understand the rhythm of scenes. Editing is really going, like when you really have to sit down and you have to massage these moving pictures into into scenes and, um, and into, of course, the final film, I think you get a much more... A visceral grasp of rhythm yeah. and of how a scene moves from one to the next. You know, you'll start to pay attention to being able to shoot where it gives you the option to, uh, to cut on action or movement. Um, just all these little things that are almost even hard to articulate necessarily, but that get that add up to a rhythmically satisfying film. Yes. Um, and editing can really help you see uh how that's actually done and it's not to right. say that you're going to be you know and ideally i think you know a director shouldn't be editing their films um but uh but the director obviously is working you know right there side by side yeah, with the, in the editing suite with yeah the, you know
0: yeah. knowing what the decisions that are being made are are ma- like why they're being made and i, Ed, I mean yeah. as many people say editing is really the last writing phase of a movie absolutely um, uh, I also, and it's I mean, so
1: easy. And it's so easy, right? I mean, just logistically, I mean, there, uh, there are many software options that are not very expensive.
0: Or uh, even free.
1: <laughs> you use, do you, now do you, just not to get like too into the nuts and bolts here, but do you use DaVinci? Um, I do. I
0: I have the full version though. Uh, but that, but
1: isn't there still like it's maybe it's limited to like 1080p, but do they still have kind of the free edition of yeah, that?
0: Yeah, the free version still exists. It's, so it, there you it is I believe limited to I never used it. I only ever had the full version. But, right. Um, but yeah, I think it's it's limited to 1080 or something. But yeah, exactly. It's it's a it's free full and, NLE that is a industry standard really for, and for Premier, color rating. But Premiere uh, Pro
1: is yeah. uh I, I you know I don't know how much it is now. I've got the entire a uh, suite of Adobe products, and I think it's mm-hmm. somewhere in the realm of like, I don't know how much it is. I think uh, ah geez, I don't even want to say it's not outrageous and and they may give sometimes you know a free month here and there, but you only have to pay for it for the period of time you're using it yeah uh, and and relatively speaking, it's it's ridiculously cheap for the power that you get from it. Uh, mm-hmm. And there's so many tutorials too on YouTube that are totally free. Uh, tutorials on all of these software, whether it's DaVinci or Premiere, or I don't know how many people are using Final Cut anymore, but um, you know that, that it's 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 very available to yeah. almost anybody. Uh, so highly recommend that. And yeah, tutorials
0: and, are all over the place online. You don't need to go yeah. in and take a class. You can just literally look it up and, and watch a few YouTube videos and, and to learn the basics. They've
1: gotten quite a bit more user-friendly. Too. I mean, yeah. maybe, I don't know, it's hard for me to judge. I've been using them for quite a while. They seem mostly. Sometimes there's some quirks that are really wackadoodle that have me scratching my head, but uh, I mean, for the most part, you know.
0: Yeah, uh, Avid, no, but... uh, (laughs) Yeah,
1: well, Avid is the one that I don't have as much experience
0: with. Yeah, Avid, Um, I don't think will ever be user friendly, though. I I think that's their shtick.
1: Yeah, yeah, you're right, right. It's like they have to keep that bar, that barrier to entry high, so that it's extra special uh i was curious i i, I want to touch on something else uh, i want to go back just a little bit because it's, it's extremely interesting to me uh personally and my experience as a director so you talked about how you had taken acting classes um and how that was you that was like right off the bat you were like i highly recommend you do this so obviously that had you know an impact on you can you maybe share with uh, our listeners uh was there anything in, in particular you remember that kind of stood out something that really that you really were able to take from those classes i mean i so i on set as a director
0: i I think we've i think we briefly touched on this before but yeah i've been i've been doing acting for my whole life like since i was a a child and then i went to a high school with this you know that specialization so i was doing taking acting classes literally every day for four years straight oh wow um i didn't know that yeah and so and you know i did a lot of stage performances and things like that but very different type of acting than film acting, but for you, sure you know, there's, there are carryovers, but um yeah, but I think that the biggest takeaway for me was just being, again, just that communication of like being able to, if I'm an, if, if I'm an actor and I am, I'm, I'm doing something that the director doesn't particularly like, or isn't really feeling the energy of, being able to know that process and go up to an actor and, and give them notes that an actor would understand or that can take away rather than just saying, do right. it more like this. You're able <laughs> do to it say, be angrier, be, yeah, angrier. Exactly. be you, you sadder. Can, you can say to an actor, you know, you can just have that talk conversation with, with in the way that makes it easier for an actor to kind of get where you're coming from. Just say like, you know, take it from a place that you're no longer happy with that character or something like that or you know this yeah. is very general of course you would you would have more specific notes in in a movie but just being able to have that communication and i again it's one of those things that i just notice and i would never you know i'd never cross the line if i w- if i wasn't directing something and go maybe you should tell the actor like this i just kind of stay silent and and judge yeah. from a distance <laughs> right. but um but, but listening to directors who very clearly don't have that acting experience, um, try and give those notes. When, and you just kind of think in the back of your head, like, there's a lot more effective ways of getting yeah. across what they want right now. And, um, you know, I think it's exa- – again, it's that. It's not even yeah, about turning into a really good actor and, and being a director who can also act out the scenes along your actors. Like, that's not what it's about at no. all. I think to me it's about the ability to just communicate the ideas um, and and to understand the process that actors usually go through. And, and, and to know, empathize, to and
1: I would say, and to empathize with it. You know, I, yeah, I want to, yeah. like I, I, countless times, you know, from my career, uh, earlier career where I was working with um, much younger directors, like I had, was, you know, in a handful of a- AFI films, AFI mm-hmm. students, their films and things, and brilliant people, fantastic school. But I did notice uh, that it would happen often where um, they would set up, and this is just not understanding any kind of actor process, you know, they, they would uh, not allow for any time for the actor to do any work before, you know, extraordinarily uh, emotional scenes, right, or they, you know, just, so even in scheduling, a film to to have some kind of understanding of the actress process. I mean, I can't tell you how many times it would be schedule would be set up where of course, you know, the last shot of the of the of the entire shoot is like this, you know, the the most amplified emotional climactic scene for the actor, right? Mm-hmm. And and then there's like there's literally no time to do anything. They're like, yeah. "Okay, we've got 15 minutes to do this from three different setups." And I'm like, You've gotta be kidding me. And just no I so you know, just a total lack of understanding. Or even, and even starting
0: with that sometimes too. Like when a when a director's like, Okay, push oh, right. shot is sure. gonna be this huge emotional monologue moment or something. And, and just go, like, just yeah. go.
1: <laughs> it's like, yeah. okay, uh, we haven't even met each other, we've you know, we don't have any kind of rapport, we've not worked, you know, boom. Um, and, uh, yeah, so it's, you know, so not even just a communication, but just an overall empathy and understanding. And that, you know, affects everything from scheduling to, um, to, to the order of, of setups and shots and whether you're working from wide to close or maybe vice versa to help save an actor's you know, uh, save their energy, you know, or help them. It's just, so yeah, couldn't recommend it more.
0: And, i mean again just being able to blend all that stuff too like um i really like uh like one of my preferred ways of shooting any moment of dialogue isn't just doing over the shoulder and getting coverage of inserts and stuff like that and herzog mm. does go over that in his first couple episodes yeah but rather i like crafting a really well blocked you know almost like a tableau and having the actors play those scenes out in one scene in like one full take exactly like yeah. theater and what that not only does that make a really interesting visual style. I know Bong Jun Ho also really likes that style of just yeah. kind of having a, a still observational camera look in mm. on a scene. Mm-hmm. But it also allows the actors to, and you know, I know there's interviews with like Samuel Jackson talking about this too, where he says, you know, it, it when that when that is the style of filmmaking, the actors can play off each other. It's not me sitting at a table with a camera in my face, oh, delivering absolutely. the line 16 times over and over again for every yeah. single different angle. Yeah. It's us getting a moment and and acting out a scene together and just capturing that on. And yeah. that's not to say that you can't do neat things with the camera because there are so many, again, I mean, look at Bong Joon-ho. His scenes are directed like that, but I don't think anyone would say that his shots are flat boring. or boring yeah. or, right. you know, or fly on the wall even. And it, um, they're it, just a great very, point. Yeah, they just allow the actors to work. And I think that's where this blending of the whole process comes in, of learning, yeah. you know, just a touch of every single department where you can go all right, this is how I'm going to work with the actors, and then I'm going to combine that with the way I'm going to communicate that with the camera department and kind of say, this is what we're looking at, and you're able to bridge that gap. That's such
1: a good point. That's such, I just want to go back for justice. That's such a great point to, you know, it's not even in communication to the actor or, you know, uh, conduciveness to performance in how you've constructed the entire set and schedule, but The actual construction of the shots themselves and, you know, being keenly aware of how actors work and how Mm -hmm. important it is to be able to be in that moment and be with other actors um, and as much as possible. I mean, I think this is one of the reasons that Herzog goes to such great lengths that he goes to to actually be in the Amazon, to actually be pulling the ship over the mountain, to actually be in the places, you know, to have Christian Bale actually eating the real maggots. Is that it's, you know, and because we've seen this in so many films, I think we've talked about this in, you know, uh, other episodes, right? Like where everything is green screen, actors are performing to a tennis ball. Yeah. Uh, you know, nothing's real, nothing's there. And it's like you're doing everything imaginable to destroy an actor's ability to give a great performance when you do that and that tangibility and it's yeah and you know so really like i think until like until you've been on a stage or been in front of a camera and you're trying to do it yourself you'll never know exactly what that experience is like and it's so powerful to have i would even go so far i would suggest i mean it's not you have theater experience i that's where i started theater i mean i would actually even though there are important differences I would highly recommend to people who are interested in being filmmakers, uh, being directors, uh, to actually do some work in theater. Yeah. To actually, uh, you know, I started out acting on stage, and it was an important experience uh, learning to work with an ensemble, with a group of people, to put together a live performance. There's, I mean, first of all, it's just wonderfully fun and a great experience, but but then I actually moved to that, to actually directing theater performances. Mm-hmm. And I actually directed theater well before I ever directed film. And it was such a powerful learning experience. Um, and especially and specifically that, that aspect of working with actors, because there's such a rehearsal process that you don't get generally when you make film.
0: Oh, absolutely. That it's that's, a yeah.
1: really, really powerful opportunity to hone your craft in communicating and working with actors.
0: Yeah, I uh, always, so, if I can, if I'm ever doing a movie, I always vow for um, for, survive, some rehearsal for, time. for rehearsal time. Because it's yeah. so vital to me, like just to be able to have the actors fleshly. Because again, that's another thing that you kind of learn being an actor is... The amount of times I would be rehearsing scenes over and over again for weeks on end mm. for for a stage performance, and then, you know, two and a half weeks in, I'd make some realization about the character or some, some realization <laughs> about the scene where it would completely change things for the better. For sure. And it's like it took me two and a half weeks to get there. I can't imagine... <laughs> the opportunities well, that are missed by just skipping rehearsal processes. Well, one of the
1: things, yeah, I mean, one of the things that I try to do, so it's not, you don't always get rehearsal time and I, I'm working on a a, uh, a feature film now in pre-production on a horror film that's going to be shot up in Seattle and we're not going to have rehearsal uh, and it the reason we're not going to have any real rehearsals is because it's just logistically not possible. The budget will not allow it. Mm-hmm. We'll be hiring people, um, many people from Los Angeles And we cannot afford to uh, travel them up to Seattle and room and board them and feed them for rehearsal time. Mm -hmm. It's just not going to happen. So, but one of the things that I found can be extremely useful, uh, especially when you can't have rehearsal time, is to work with, you know, this can be remotely, right, over the phone or via Zoom now uh, or in person, is to work with each actor, and just kind of see get it, and start early start as early as you can mm-hmm. and kind of be there with them as they go through their homework i mean an actor should be as soon as they're hired and they've got the script they should be working right they're they're doing their homework and it, it, different actors will have different ways of doing that homework but it's so important to be there with them and be and really be communicating and you know and give them a ton of space which you, I mean, you, if, you, if you cast them, that means that you, that should mean that you trust them as an actor. But be there and you'll start to learn what's their process, what direction are they heading in uh, with their characters, how are they seeing the film. And you can massage your vision as a director, which certainly you should have, um, into their work so that everybody's on the same page. So even if you can't do a rehearsal, I think this is a really powerful um, tool to work very closely with your directors during, I'm with their, sorry, with your actors during that homework process.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And so, I think, I mean, again, it's, it's one of those things is, as you said, so many movies, especially indie flicks don't really have allowance uh, in the budget for rehearsal. But yeah, if you can, I would say always push for it as much as you can, because there's even things like just getting options in rehearsal and, and kind of, you know, yeah. just sitting down in a, in a studio and just kind of saying, okay, Let's try this scene, um, but let's have you come in uh, as though you are really low energy, as though you're tired out, and then you can do the scene like that, and then if that doesn't work, then you can say, okay, let's try it now that you're frustrated, you're coming in, you're high energy, you're already hot-headed, you're coming in, you know, and it's like, again, it's things like that in theater that, that you can do so often that you can do over and over again, because of course... You should, try, you should try
1: you should try tv is... you should try tv oh yeah, oh, yeah. <laughs> I, oh, I've, my God. I've shot
0: tv I've you never want to talk about
1: you want to talk about no rehearsal you want to talk about I, I, even further you should try soaps oh man yeah i've God, got some, yeah i've got some fun it's amazing i think i've seen you i think
0: you showed me some yeah, of your uh you I, showed me some of the things that you're on yeah.
1: it is uh it is wild how yeah. fast you shoot on a soap um and you're you're like always shooting. Um, I don't even know if, yeah, it's just extraordinary, but even a regular TV and just, you know, um, One of the things that actors, I just to give like a small window into, you know, if you don't, aren't familiar uh, a ton with what actors do, you know, most work for actors actually kind of comes from television. Most paying work comes from television. Uh, There's just not as many films shot. There's not as many roles. So commercials or television, Um, but we're talking about legit work, TV, you know, 95% of the time an actor, when you're cast for a television role, you don't get to do anything. You don't even talk, you know, you pop out of your trailer on set the day of the shoot, and you walk into an action scenario. It's wild, man. I mean, it you're not talking to the director. You're not rehearsing nothing. You've hardly met anybody. You've likely hardly met anybody even, you know, it's amazing. I'm talking about this is like co-star type roles, which are usually what's offered to Uh, to actors who are kind of starting out. But every actor has to go through this, is my point. So, uh, you know, a lot of actors, they have the capability to jump in and run, but certainly being there to help them and work with them is something that they're going to really appreciate. So
0: yeah no i mean it, it's uh a tv is is a, is a different beast especially yeah, live tv we can like talk even, about yeah we can maybe I, have an episode where we
1: talk i've, I've got some great stories from yeah. so from from all that time on bold and the beautiful man
0: i mean, um, I mean even just down to like lighting you don't even have time oh, to it's yeah, like yeah. put up a light and shoot it <laughs> well
1: it's the everything is just pre everything's lit in a generic sense such that mm, yeah. at least at least for a soap for a soap Um, obviously for a single camera, I mean, there's, you know, some shows are lit with the, um, meticulousness of a feature film, obviously, of course, but, uh, you know, and I want, I want to point out something that we like, we kind of missed, but it was, uh, but Herzog actually starts this lesson off with this. And it's a good time to bring it up now because, you know, we're talking about, I mean, it can seem overwhelming, right? Um, you've got to, you know, you've got to know about (laughs) all these different departments uh, as a filmmaker. And it it's a lot. It, but, you know, I am, I am, I am kind of, I don't know how to say this. I'm like, it makes me smile, makes my heart kind of smile to hear that Herzog is still, um, you know, his first moments on set, he kind of suffers from imposter syndrome, you know, yeah. and he's like, a little bit scared and he's thinking to himself well he's doubting himself can can i do this is this you know (laughs) am i you know am i an imposter what have i done to deserve being here am i good enough to be here and i mean seriously it's like makes me feel so much better to know that even somebody with as much experience as herzog Mm -hmm. somebody who seems you know so in command of his voice and his vision as an artist as a filmmaker still has this happen every time he's on set the first you know that first shot right before that first take um and so you know i just for everybody else out there listening i mean even herzog has these moments of doubt um it's just an it's an ongoing process of learning and refining so it doesn't mean i don't i don't want anybody out there to take from this that well you know before you ever set out to direct your first project you know, you should spend a decade, you know, studying acting, then studying cinematography, then studying, you know, uh, costuming, then study, you know, no, um, get out there and do it right now and start learning. Um, but it's certainly don't stop learning and be sure to spend time learning a lot of different departments, uh, a lot of different areas. Yeah. But I don't know. I, exactly. I, I, was, ha- I was happy. To, <laughs> like, it made me smile when Herzog started off the lesson that way. Personally, I'm like. Oh shoot! It happens to him. Yeah, gosh, geez, it happens to me all the time. (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) I mean, do you ever do you ever get that? Do you ever get imposter syndrome a little bit? Because gosh, I I definitely do.
0: Yeah. No. I mean, of course. I um, I think that that was. I mean, one of the most difficult things about the that Hitchcock kind of experiment I did recently was I felt totally just abysmal after it because I was like I was balancing acting and it was the first time really on a major thing that I'd balanced acting and directing at once which i'm yeah. never doing again yeah <laughs> but um that's challenging i just man. remember i remember feeling like just so inadequate at, both before and after enduring and when it was just like you're trying to and i mean i know that i mean i i've done enough work before that i know that i could direct something but it was it was yeah. it was such a major feeling of dread of just like well, i can't do this it was yeah
1: so i yeah i just it's like um i really think there's a um there's a great book out there. The, Courage to Create, which I highly recommend anybody read. Um, but it's it's so true that it takes courage to create. Creating is not easy. I don't care what medium you're working in, to kind of bring forth something from your imagination and bring it into the world and realize it uh, is scary. I think it's just kind of part of the human condition. If it's not scary, that might actually even be a problem. Uh, you may not have enough skin in the game If it's not scary, you may not, you know, uh, there may not be enough of you in it if you're not at least a little bit afraid. Um, but, uh, but yeah, it's, uh, it made me feel a little better, uh, that he could relate. So I, I want to talk to it, you know, about moving into what I think is the most important, you know, so we've talked about, uh, that a director should have this working knowledge of every aspect of filmmaking, but I want to I I want to talk about what I think is even more important than that and that I think fundamentally defines the role of director and that is vision Mm -hmm. yeah that I mean 100% and you know Quentin Tarantino I I won't quote him but I can kind of paraphrase a little bit I, I remembered reading either reading an interview or watching an interview where he you know, kind of felt overwhelmed by what we've all just, what we've just talked about here, you know, about, oh my gosh, you know, I don't know how to operate camera. I don't know every lens available. I don't know, you know, oh my gosh, it's just, it's overwhelming. What kind of light is this? What kind of light is that? Oh geez. You know, well, film stock. Ah, yeah. Ah, right. Mm-hmm. It was like, I was overwhelmed, but then he came to some realization. I think maybe like another, you know, more elder director talked to him and said, Hey, your job, is to have the vision and to communicate that vision clearly so that everybody, every other department head understands that vision. And that's your number one job. And if you got that down, you're gonna that you're, thats that's the most important thing. And I, I do agree. It's great to have this working knowledge of everything. But I've seen countless times directors on set not e- either they don't have a clear vision, or they can't communicate that clear vision. And, I mean, that's what you're there to do. That is literally what you're there to do.
0: Yeah, exactly, yeah.
1: So, you know, Herzog talks about that, about how important it is to, to not only have that vision, but then to be able to communicate, and even further, to be able to inspire everybody else on your set with that vision, and really be able to light a fire under people and get them on board and excited about that vision you know yeah and
0: i've got to say too that the the times that i've seen film sets fall flat or things not work are when people take direction as like a managerial position and only a managerial position oh and get on set and they're 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 Whole role is in their eyes, just to kind of sit there and and keep the sandcastle up and and just kind of look at everyone <laughs> and go, you know, here's what you have to do, here's what you have to do, but but yeah. offer no, which of and, course is a part of it, but but offer no insight into like the actual creative yeah. side or what 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 is the point of this kind of thing and what what are we going for right now? I've been um, there too.
1: I've been there yeah. too, and it's heartbreaking because it takes so much energy. To pull a set together, to pull yeah. a film yeah. project together. It's such a gift to be on set with a team of people, to be making film, and then to have somebody there at the top, our leader, who doesn't have a, a burning passion and a clear vision is heartbreaking man it's why why be you might as well be an accountant you know i mean great go be some middle manager in some like accounting firm or something if you just want to manage people that way my goodness you know oh exactly Um,
0: that's that's the thing is it's like you know just Either, either you. A lot of times, it's like you either you have one chance on set to get it and to establish kind of the norms of the set, and you know, as Herzog again goes into like these rituals. Yeah, and a Which lot I of love, times, by the way. As, as stressful yeah. as it is, if you break, if you mess those things up, it can really reverberate through the entire production process. Um, well,
1: yeah, I I totally agree. I mean, he even talks about he goes into this. You know, look, uh, a couple of things real quick. I mean, one, you know, you're not always directing something that you wrote, right? Yeah. Now, now, my goodness, look, if if you wrote it and you're directing it and you don't have a clear vision and you're not passionate about it, then... I don't even know what I can say to you. I mean, because c- c- you wrote the damn thing. So I'm at a loss, though, for that. I I, I guess I, I maybe you shouldn't be here doing this then, frankly, if that's the case. Now, but it's not always the case that you've written it, right? A lot of times you get opportunities. For example, I'm going to have an opportunity to direct something coming up in the future here that I did not write. I, you know, uh, closely worked on the you know, some of the story and everything like that and feedback and whatnot, but I didn't write it. I didn't originate this story, but you, in those cases, you've got to find some kind of hook into it for yourself. That's personal or make one. Um, in this particular instance, I was able to have input early enough in the process to, to put some of myself into that script. Mm -hmm. And that helped me kind of find a hook in and find a way for me to understand the story that I could really rally around and get passionate about. Um, And I think you've got to be able to do that, Uh, you know, so... um, And you just have to work at it till you do. I would never go into a project, especially as a director, if I weren't totally passionate about it. But you can create that, you know. You can work to create that passion.
0: Yeah, exactly. I mean, I I don't know about you, too, but... um... And maybe this is a bit of an aside, but uh, I I actually prefer directing things that I haven't written. Okay. Um, weirdly enough, I I find that that you can know, you share
1: what can you share a little bit about what the, I'm just curious, just personally. You know, nobody's listening. Don't worry. <laughs> <laughs> um,
0: no, I think that it it um, I think that the the best thing that you can do for yourself as a as a as a Director or filmmaker in general, whether you're writing and not directing or whether you're doing both or whether you're just directing, is get as many eyes on the thing as possible and get as much feedback as you can from other people Mm -hmm. because you're basically exponentially increasing the likelihood that it's going to work with a general audience Mm. by going from even just one person working on a story to two people. Um, So, what I usually like to do is I like to get a script that's already written by somebody else and then read it as an audience member and kind of go through that script as in as in what i'd like to see in there and okay cha- make changes that way and, yeah. and kind of go through like that i mean i know same with with kubrick kubrick was very similar in that he liked to most of his movies that he he made were based off of books and whether or not they were you know totally accurate to the source material is kind of irrelevant it's more just the fact that he he's you know said in interviews as well that he his whole like the joy of his creative process was getting something else that was, was already pre existing and almost like turning right. it into a movie as opposed and to making it starting his. from complete scratch. Well,
1: Um, and and there's like, you know, there's for every director out there, there's a different way to work. And I I, I, I tend to, I actually tend to like what you just described as well. Um, I I think it's just because I'm not a great writer, (laughs) or at least I'm not, uh, I, I have a, I, one of my greatest challenges is uh creating a script from scratch uh it's it's still very much a challenge for me it's something i'm working on um but i i definitely do have a skill for taking a pre-existing story or script and being able to get as much out of that idea as possible um, or to, or to kind of synergize it, you know, to to take some other ideas that hadn't made themselves aware to that original writer and, you know, hopefully elevate the script even more. So it's, I, 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 I I kind of, am probably at the same in the same boat as you that Mm -hmm. that's my preferred way to work now. Uh, Of course I would aspire to be you know, writer-director, to actually craft my scripts from scratch. Uh, I aspire to do that, but I, I don't know that that's always necessary. You know, there are mm-hmm. definitely great directors out there uh, where, who've directed either other scripts or adaptations of other people's stories. So n- no question, there's a lot of ways to go about it.
0: Yeah, I mean, I, as you said, I think that's an important part too, is that there are a thousand different ways to direct and direct effectively. And there are some very famous directors that do write and direct all of their own movies. Um, but there are also some that, that really, you know, don't, that just kind of are there for the direction part of it. And But again, like you said, it, it's, it's interesting because it's, it's so often for me, it's like there is almost a writing process for me because there is almost a rewriting of that screenplay and right. turning it into something that I'd like to direct right. from the, the initial draft. And in the process,
1: um, you're make you're developing your passion for it, yeah, right? Exactly, Just to kind yeah. of, yeah, I, yeah, it, it's now, I, you know, it's never happened to me, but I would imagine it would be the case though that you know there are sometimes you may be hired to direct a project, of course, and you don't get the opportunity, you don't have the option, yeah, to yeah. to radically or maybe even subtly change the script, um, and of course if you're directing television, this is definitely the case every yeah. single time because uh the directors for television aren't the head honcho the, yeah the writer kind of just
0: coming in for an episode or that two. that you're really. just
1: coming in you're a hired gun for an episode and of course you know television is a writer's medium so you know you you'll still have to find a, a, a way into that a hook into that for you um and that may take some gymnastics so to speak some imagination gymnastics but usually you can you know usually you can mm-hmm. um but, uh, you know, I, let's segue into, you know, a little bit more of um, uh, how, how would I even say this? You know, Herzog talks about he, he, the way he kind of enters into this conversation is by talking about maintaining formality. He talks about, you know, when you're working with your cast and crew, um, at least he said for the vast majority of his um, of his career. He said maybe this is changing a little bit now as he's getting older. But he talks about maintaining formality. Uh, to be kind, to be polite, to be professional, <laughs> but to maintain some distance. And, uh, you know, he tells a story, I think, about, um, uh, you know, unless he's like been, you know, like known somebody for ten years and and gotten drunk and you know like all these and been to prison and everything you know not until he's like been through so much does he actually start to like speak uh you know casually with people. Yes. Yeah. I mean, what are what are your thoughts about this? I I'm kind of t- you know torn. I I definitely can see uh, the, you know, some of the importance of that, but what are your thoughts on level of casualness or formality with your cast? I mean, crew? it's not
0: how I work. I don't think, uh, yeah. I, I am somebody that at the end of the day would be happy to go get a beer with the cast and the crew and kind of form those, those relationships there. Cause I think that's, that's a pretty important w- way of doing it for me, but I mm-hmm. can also totally empathize with the idea of, you know, even him saying, to Nicolas Cage that like, no, 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 we show up on set and then yeah. we talk on set. And other than that, we don't speak and not even in a rude way, but just in a like, this is how I work my right. process. Right. Um, I can under, understand that. And I think, again, it's one of those things that it's like what works for some people works for some people. Um, well, I'm I, I, Again, I think that I put more value on the the elements of like being able to make everyone comfortable with openly communicating on a set and, and you know, and uh, having an actor having a relationship with an actor to the point where they can come up to me and kind of say, Hey, I'm not feeling this or I'm, you know, X, Y, well, Z. I certainly would want that. Things. Yeah. Um, I, I mean,
1: I, I agree. I think I, I definitely would not want to reach a, a place of formality to such extent that an actor or crew member would be uh, afraid of, yeah. of, of communicating with me. I, boy, that would be the exact opposite of what I would want. But I mean, so, and you're, so for you, I'm just curious then, I mean, if, Is there any means with which or sort of ways that you kind of have some sort of divide, though? Like, how how do you maintain your directorial? Like, I'm I'm the director, and yes, this is not, you know, I'm not a dictator or something, Mm -hmm. but I am the director. This is my vision, and I mean, if you're too casual or familiar with people do you find that that becomes a challenge then at all
0: i I think that it's less about establishing those boundaries and more about the attitude that you go in with and i think that it's about how at least at least in my experience it's like you can change everyone's perception of you by just the way you talk to them okay so if i'm talking to an actor on set i'm still talking to them with authority and I'm still giving them. Well, that's because
1: energy. you like scream and yell and curse. So? Well, mean, yeah, you you I mean, know that. But, uh, I mean, sometimes of course... they get a little bit physical too. And all <laughs> and...
0: <laughs> um, I sick the dogs. We're, on of kidding, but, um... we're of course kidding. everyone. we're of course kidding. But uh, but no, like I, I think that again, it's it's one of those things where it all comes down to just the way. At least for me, I mean, this again, yeah. it's one of those things that changes person to person. But but like if I'm talking to an actor, I can I have no trouble being. In charge while simultaneously being friendly—it's a balance. And kind of c- sure. commanding that respect, but also commanding that respect because you earn the respect, not because you're demanding the respect. There's I a think good, a there's a good distinction. Thing. Yeah, and I think yeah.
1: this is what Herzog speaks to—you know, understanding yeah, yeah. every department. Uh, that's one way that you earn respect. Um, I, that's a great way to put it. Uh, I think you're right. I think that you have to earn the respect as a director. Um, if you walk onto a set and you're expecting everybody there to just hand over their respect to you without you having earned it, I think you're in for a much more difficult and less productive shoot than you have to be. Yeah. To put it, to put it mildly. And, you know, I even want to say, uh, you know, maybe speak a little more to that how important your, your overall character is. Um, you know, it, it might seem like it kind of goes without saying, but I think that it happens often that, you know, people forget that um, characters aren't just the, you know, the people written in, the roles written into a story that you're going to shoot. You know, character is what you bring to set and your character is vital on set as a director you yeah. know it's there is no division you know a director is just another word for leader right in effect yeah. Yeah. and and a leader is absolutely positively you know completely holistically connected to every aspect of who you are as a human being mm-hmm. and i think you know we see so many issues with uh, ethical issues of course with me too movement and oh absolutely yeah um you know it's i don't know if i and i'm not quite sure what the, i mean look none of us are perfect of course i'm not perfect uh, you're not perfect i know you think you are sometimes cullen but no but you know i mean <laughs> nobody listening is perfect and so yeah but it is you know how honest are you in your life how patient are you how loyal are you uh, your your empathetic ability your willingness to extend yourself to people um th- those aspects of your personality in your day-to-day life is what you bring to set and those are the those are the those are the things that are going to either earn or lose your respect with everyone you're working with yeah um you know yes you're making a film but this is this is like somehow not separate from life or anything you know i mean being a leader absolutely involves uh, a high level of integrity um, and that's not separate from your day-to-day life. Um, so I, you know, I think we've seen a lot of issues where, you know, people with very suspect ethics get into some really serious problems, yeah. um, on sets. Absolutely. And uh, again, of course, it's not to say that we're all perfect, but I mean, there's just some fundamental things that you should be bringing to set, you know, honesty and, um, and, uh, you know, this is it, this is a work environment. This isn't a pickup bar, you know, or something like oh, that. Oh yeah, no, that <laughs> stuff is yeah, and, way and, out but of But you line. see it. I've seen it. Oh, I mean, totally. I, and, yeah. and, and you know, uh, disrespect for all kinds of things. Uh, yeah, I've seen yeah. really uh, nasty sexist behavior.
0: Um, and and I, I mean, I'm sure you do too. I have no tolerance for that kind of stuff. Like it's
1: well, and there shouldn't be. There yeah. shouldn't be because it doesn't, you know, and I've heard some people say, oh my gosh, you know, look, if you, if you get to PC or this or that, you're gonna, you know, you're gonna totally take away the, you're gonna make it impossible for people to be creative, um, you know, it, it and that's just horse pucky, man, it's not true, yeah. Yeah. Um, you know, if you, if you need to be racist or sexist or whatever else it is in order to be creative then that's your problem (laughs) you might need to take a yeah you might need to take a close look at what you're what you are qualifying as creative as being yeah you know yeah uh so yeah i i I mean i would hope it would go without saying but you know i don't care what level you're directing at if it's you and three friends you know um and, and you know you're working in your backyard i mean just start off uh pushing yourself to be the the kind of leader that you would want to have yourself and work toward that and i'm that's a, it's an ongoing process that will never end um because we, we're flawed humans and that's just the way it is but at least push yourself to do so um and uh so i and i anyway uh, to tie that back in i mean i think that goes along with earning the respect of your cast and crew
0: And there is, um, there's one conversation that I'll usually have with everyone on, on set cast and crew. And that's just more that, you know, I have no problem with being friendly. I have no problem with having casual conversations and having fun. Yeah. Um, but at the end of the day, I'm here to help you do your job and you're here to help me do mine. And I just, that's, that's, that's my expectation is that at the end of the day, that jobs are done. Um, to the yeah. degree that we're expected to do our jobs and, <laughs> and the that, way that you know it, that we can have fun but if yeah. that you know, that if that fun starts impeding on anything or if there becomes such a relaxed attitude that it's it's getting in the way of, of work then we'll have another conversation and, and normally and i've never had really any many issues of, and the of,
1: way yeah exactly and herzog speaks to this and how do you avoid that i mean it's by doing right yeah set the yeah. example by doing he taught he gives some examples of being the first, you know, to never ask somebody. Some extreme examples. Some extreme (laughs) examples. Like, I I don't know that I would, I I might feel a little uncomfortable about walking into a minefield myself, but it makes a good analogy, right? A metaphorical minefield. But yeah, of course, you know, in Grand Herzog style, he's got one of these great examples, (laughs) you know, of like... Well, I mean that's another way of just
0: of, of commanding attention or not command sorry commanding respect respect too, is just absolutely. Is, is i've had points where i've been on sets where it's like and i think that as a director you should be the first in line to do exactly the, like you said you're the, like, and
1: you're the first to show up there was one the last case where we had we had yeah. fake
0: blood on the ground there was some fake blood outside on the ground, and we were like, well, we need to make it look like a, ba- a body has been dragged through this blood. And I said, all right, somebody drag me through it. <laughs> like, so, I don't care if I get Wait, my clothes dirty. Wait, do we have dirty.
1: some B-roll? Do we have some B-roll of that? <laughs> no, I'd unfortunately, love to I wish it. we did. <laughs> but uh, but
0: again, it was one of those funny things where I was just kind of like, you know, I'm not going to get somebody else to drag themselves through it. I don't yeah. care if my clothes get Fake yeah, blood on them. So and I just kind of lied so down important. on the ground and got them to drag me through it, and I was like, "There we go." And it, it, it doesn't
1: even have to be in such grand or physical, you know. Uh, but just you know, being the first to show up, being the last yeah. to leave, yeah. you know, to to behave on set the way you expect other people to behave is mm-hmm. so important. Uh, I mean, as the director, you are setting the tone for that entire set, and it's it's you can't ignore it, you can't skate by it. It, you are absolutely, as the director, going to set the entire tone for how people are, are behaving on that set. And, I mean, I guess that's why it's so important to bring the absolute best of who you are mm-hmm. onto set every day because as the leader, guess what? That's that's This is the job that you've asked for, you know? And that's a big part of it. And so if you're not present, if you're showing up late, if you're not well-rested, and you know goofing off guess what other people are going to be doing they're going to they're going to live only up to the example that you're going to set 9 times out of 10 in my experience so yeah and i think uh, i
0: mean just to just to perhaps wrap up in these last few minutes um, yeah. i think that that all comes down to also you know with vision and all that and and preparation and getting everyone to do their jobs is to do the doable and Herzog does that great talks about that great anecdote about trying to get ants to, ah, yeah freezing you know, ants yeah exactly to to go one temperature you go one degree above this temperature right. they die you go one degree below they, they get so like lethargic or lethargic that they don't right. move yeah and, and then just canceling that idea because it's like I'm not going to sit here all day and make my crew wait for these ants to do something that they may never do it's a good point um, a- and, and even you know.
1: espe- right and especially it's like you know we often think of Herzog I, I love how he, he goes out of his way to point out no look I accept no for an answer he's yes, like people yeah. think i don't accept no for an answer i definitely accept no for an answer of course A- yeah. and you know that flexibility is so important and to and to have some sense of okay we need to we need to redesign this this is not doable this may not be safe for my actors it, yeah it, it's clearly vital uh to have some sense of that and i i even would you know to uh, another aspect of this flexibility of being of doing the doable is to to take opportunities the unexpected the catastrophes that you know they talk about make catastrophes part of your story in this lesson I mean um there could be as long as it's safe for everybody there you know of course catastrophe can mean many different things it doesn't have to be a flood like the you know uh example that that Herzog gives from McGarry but um, to just have that flexibility mm-hmm. uh, to take advantage of what's happening, and that can be even a, that could be a small thing like an actor may, has an accident on uh, on on during a scene, but that brings forth some really extraordinary behavior or really livens up that uh, that scene um, or to something substantial like your set is flooded and, you know, holy crap, um, you can either run away from that, or you can uh, incorporate that into the story and get some yeah. amazing footage. So, um, so absolutely, those are important. And I, I you know, he ends. This is a, This is a funny one. Uh, not a funny one, but this is. It's an interesting ending on this lesson. Uh, Herzog talks about fortifying yourself. Right. We've talked about. I mean, it sounds like, and it is, that you're asking a lot of yourself when you're putting yourself in the position of a director. It it is a big role, yeah. Um, And I think if you're taking it seriously, um, there is it. it, You are asking a lot of yourself. And I love that he ends this lesson talking about, well, how do you fortify yourself? And he says he, he uses language like, you know, I fortify myself with philosophy, or find refuge in poetry, anchors of safety. I love this language that he uses. And I I think that it speaks to, you know, my kind of interpretation of it is how it speaks to how holistically intrinsic every aspect of your humanity is involved in being a director, how grounded you are, how, you know, all like the way you see life, your philosophies of understanding the world around you when you're a director, it just, it brings forth everything from who you are. You should be bringing everything that you've got. And so to me, like working on being a better director is every single day. It's not just when I'm on set, right? Every day in my life, try, I mean, I, you know, if I'm like working with a crew to build a fence in my backyard, I'm like, tr- you know, trying to learn how to be a better leader. Yes. Uh, I, yeah, I don't know. You know what I mean? Just I, I, I think that it's and it infuses I think this is in every single kind ev- of facet and, of your life, and so yeah. it, down to like, what's the caliber of literature that you're reading? What's you know, what kind of work are you doing on yourself to to exercise your empathetic muscles to expand your understanding of other people around you and of yourself? Certainly, mm-hmm. um, it. I just it's and that to me is. It's, it's in part overwhelming, but it's also extraordinarily challenging in a really wonderful way. So that's, that's my take home from that. Um, I thought it was an extraordinary ending to that lesson.
0: Yes. Yeah, totally.
1: Well, there we go. I think yeah. on that note, we'll wrap it up. Uh, well, Cullen, uh, as always, man, thank you so much for a wonderful conversation. I yeah. hope that our audience enjoyed it as much as I have. Um, And I look forward to next week's um, episode where we are going to discuss Lesson 9 of Herzog's Masterclass, Set Rules. Mm -hmm. So until then, everybody, have a wonderful week. We will see you soon.
0: Yep, see you guys then.